You are listening to Tuesday's Rumination Law and Gospel on this January the 19th in the year of our Lord 2021. And it's time to take a look at the hymn, O Christ, our true and only light. O Christ, our true and only light. It was written by Herman, uh, Johann Hermann. He was born in eight, 1585, actually was the fifth and only surviving child of his parents. And when he suffered a severe childhood illness, his mother vowed that if he recovered, she would see to it that he was prepared for the ministry, even if she would have to beg to raise the funds. Kind of reminds you of Hannah and the birth of Samuel. He was appointed deacon of Coben, K-O-B-E-N, in 1611. And there was an elder pastor there, Kotwitz, who died soon after his arrival. So within the year, Herman became the regular pastor at Coben. He did get married in 1618, but their marriage coincided with the terrible Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648. And no part of Germany suffered more in the war than Silesia. The Austrian king was determined to restore the Roman Catholic confession and practice in that territory. And Coben was plundered four times by the Austrian king's armies. Now, in 1631, it was also hit with severe pestilence, which killed some 550 people. Uh, Herman contracted a throat infection, which also affected his nose and air passages, and he had to give up preaching in 1634. But for the next four years, an assistant would read his sermons in the congregation. His death was in 1647, and a contemporary dedicated one of his poems to Hearman, in which he described Hearman as a Cilician Job. He composed some 400 German hymns, and not without reason, and I was unaware of this, he is often named as the finest hymn writer between Martin Luther and Paul Gerhardt. Of the 400 hymns he wrote, we have six of them in our new hymnal, 
including, O Christ, our true and only light. So, Mark Smith, are you aware of this hymn that much? Yeah, oh, I use it a lot. You bet. It's a, it's a beautiful epiphany hymn. And, uh, yes, by all means, it's a good hymn. Yes, it's actually modeled on a prayer, and Johann didn't know this, uh, by the Jesuit Petrus Michaelius. And it's for unbelievers who have gone astray. And, of course, when he wrote the poem, Being a Roman Catholic, uh, he was really talking about the Lutherans who he felt needed to be brought back into the proper church. So we're going to take a look at what this has to say. He really was kind of the Job of his day with many, many horrible things happening. And so that this hymn is why it becomes really important. Uh, the uh, text, of course, is by Johann Hermann, but the translator is Catherine Winkworth. And we've talked a lot about her. Yeah, she's, she's translated a bunch of hymns. So we'll start with stanza one, if you would. Okay. O Christ, our true and only light, enlighten those who sit in night. Let those afar now hear your voice, and in your fold with us rejoice. Now, obviously, this is set up for this coming Sunday. And do you know what the Old Testament reading is? Yes, I do. It's uh, Isaiah 61 to 3. In fact, I've got it right here. Arise, shine, for your light has come. No, it's not. the glory not. of the Lord has risen upon you. Yes. No, it's not. That's uh, Isaiah 60, 1 no, to 3. No, 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 no. The Old Testament is Jonah 3, 1 to 5. Oh, Jonah? Oh, you're talking yep. about the, the uh, appointed lesson. I beg your pardon. That's one of the passages given for the basis for this hymn. Isaiah 60. Jo Jonah? No, Isaiah 60 is what I just read. And that's one of the uh, texts that they provide... Uh, oh, at the bottom of the, the page, yeah. Yes, right. No, mm -hmm. I had asked what the, why would they have this hymn for the third Sunday after the Epiphany? And that's precisely what Jonah is doing. Right. He is Jonah sent went to, by God to the city of Nineveh, right. who are Gentiles. The Assyrians. Believe it and, or not. Oh, go ahead then. Well, they were much they were much despised by uh, Israel. You know, the, the Assyrians were, you know, they were very warlike and uh, a, gr a great enemy of Israel. And that's why Jonah did not want to go. He did not want to go. God sent him there, but no way. W I mean, he he went in the opposite direction. Yes. And the hymn can really be used because it said, let those afar now hear your voice. And in your fold with us rejoice. And in Jonah chapter 3, it says, verse 5, And the people of Nineveh believed God. Yes. And when God saw what they did, they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Yes. So in our day, of course, we're not going to Ninevites, but I think it would be very appropriate in the sermon 
to bring up those people in the United States that have really fallen away from the Word of God. All yeah, right. In fact, uh, in fact, this hymn gives a number of different examples. I'm trying to, I was trying to, as I went over this hymn, I was trying to figure out if, if each example given in each line is a, is a completely different case or if some of them are the same. But uh, you, you'll see what I mean as we go along. Well, in the first hymn, enlighten those who sit in darkness. Uh, that does come from Isaiah chapter 60, Luke 1, and Ephesians 5. And it asks that the light of life would call them to the Lord's flock. That's from Acts 8, 30 and 31. And so yeah. what we have in stanza one is a great battle between the almighty Christ and darkness uh, the Lord's power exercised through his word. Yeah, those, I would say those, uh, let those afar now hear your voice. In other words, we're talking here about, you know, pagans that are just completely remote uh, from the gospel. And it's it's so important for us to get the gospel out because there, there are those that are in absolute darkness, uh, have never even heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus. And that's uh, who, who that first verse would uh, apply to, I would think. All right. Stanza two, fill with the radiance of your grace, the souls now lost in error's maze. Enlighten those whose inmost minds some dark delusion haunts and blinds. Now you need to explain to a child what is meant by error's maze. They wouldn't understand yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, that's a good one for, you know, times of Halloween. You know, have you ever gone through these corn mazes where, no. uh, well, uh, some of these farmers will have a corn maze where you they'll you take you pay your ticket, you bring your children and uh, you wander through this maze that has been devised by the the farmer and they, they try to find their way out and uh that's that's a good illustration right there of uh, these people that are lost in darkness in error maybe the error of uh, uh, of the, oh humanism or uh, evolution um, enlighten those whose inmost minds some dark delusion haunts and blinds people that are deluded by by uh, well like humanism uh, thinking that uh, man could conquer all and they have no concept that. Uh, it's it's God is our uh, Jesus is our only Savior. So people are in various delusions. They're confused in various uh, uh, false philosophies. That's uh, I see that as applying in in the second verse. Yeah, from a law gospel perspective, the worst maze is they're trying to get through how to get to heaven, and right. they want to do it by their works. Right. And that will never happen. They always go down the wrong path. All right. Stanza three. Oh, gently call those gone astray that they may find the saving way. Let every conscience sore oppressed in you find peace and heavenly rest. You See mentioned that you mentioned that. Uh, the original writer of this hymn 
uh, was Roman Catholic, and and that he may well have been thinking of the of the Lutherans. <laughs> you know, those <laughs> he he may have looked upon uh, Lutherans as being in error. Gently call those gone astray, that they may find the saving way. Uh, we think that we think the same of uh, people that. Uh, are are in uh, church bodies or sects or um, cults that are are have wandered off and uh, bring them to the truth that they may rejoice in in the fold with us. What do you think, that, Tom? No, that phrase <laughs> "gently call those gone astray" would not yeah. have been what the Roman Catholic was saying. This was during the Thirty Years' War. Okay, right. And so the Roman Catholics were not gently doing it. This is definitely a thought of Johann Hermann uh-huh. that he wants us to do it gently, as Jesus many times did. Right. Uh, the only time he didn't do it gently was when the people refused to believe the gospel. And so the law came across pretty strong, even to right. his best friend, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's yeah. not gently calling him. Yes. So this is what Johann Hermann. that's why he's said to be the Job of his day because he had so much death occur around him that he, his first wife died. He married a second wife, and she was very good in taking care of him, especially after he lost his voice and was unable to preach and continued to care for him uh, until he died. But I hadn't realized that between Luther and Gerhardt, he was considered uh, the great hymn writer. That was yeah, interesting. You talk- you talk about what he went through. Can you imagine living in a community like that where he lived, where uh, the enemy came in and pillaged and uh, plundered their community four times? I mean, imagine the destruction that you'd face in something like that. Yeah. the one and losing time, his wife, as you say. Yeah, the one time, I think it was the second time, uh, he lost all his possessions. And he had to flee. And the fourth time, they had bullets going over their heads when they were in a boat going across the river to get away. Oh, boy. So that's something. All right. Stanza four. Shine on the darkened and the cold. Recall the wanderers to your fold. Unite all those who walk apart. Confirm the weak and doubting heart. Now, when I read that, you said you'd have to look at each line, what they're talking about. I think this comes pretty close to what you and I have talked about as the nuns in the United States, not referring to Roman Catholic nuns, but N-O-N-E-S, those who no longer are belonging to any particular denomination. So when you ask them, well, what denomination are you of, they say none, and they have left the church. And I think this verse really talks about those because they are weak in their faith and they have doubting hearts. Yeah, the the darkened and the cold, the, the, you know, the, uh, the light of the gospel, the light of faith has completely died out. 
Yeah, I just was watching a, a movie and somebody got killed and there was a Roman Catholic nun and she was asked, are you Roman Catholic? She said, yes, I'm Roman Catholic, but I'm not agreeing with some of the things that the church is saying. And uh, what she was talking about is she didn't see anything that wrong with uh, gay marriage and things like that. And so this would be somebody who definitely has weak and a doubting heart, and they need to be uh, enlightened uh, in their inmost minds. Yeah, where it right. says, uh, unite, unite all those who walk apart. And then it says, now this is a different type of unbeliever, confirm the weak and doubting heart. Those are people that, you know, they have their doubts. Uh, they may have just a small spark of faith about ready to go out, but uh, uh, confirm the weak and doubting heart. Uh, you know, they're, yes, they're, they're I was telling the congregation recently I well, was the doctor was giving me an x-ray because they were concerned about something it came out okay uh, there was nothing wrong That's and good. what happened though is I was brought into the x-ray room and there was this nurse here and I wear my jacket you know law and gospel and she asked me uh, after the x-ray was done, what's KFUO? And I explained I'm a pastor. And she said, well, that's interesting because I just had an argument with my father, she said, two days ago, and maybe you can answer this question. Was Luther angry at the Roman Catholic Church because of the papacy or because of their teaching on indulgences? So what do you think my answer was? <laughs> I have I do, I do not know Tom. You're pretty unpredictable sometimes. The answer is both. Yeah. Okay. He I was agree angry with that. at the papacy because he was inventing doctrines that aren't in the Bible, and he was against indulgences because he didn't think anybody could pay their way to get into heaven. And so I use the opportunity to ask her. If I were to die tonight, referring to myself, would I go to heaven or hell? And she gave the impression, well, you're a pastor, you'll probably go to heaven. I said, no, I'm definitely going to go to heaven, but not because I'm a pastor. I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did. And then I asked her, "What are, what were, where will you go? And she <laughs> said, I don't know. And I said, well, you're Roman Catholic, aren't you? She said, yes. And I said, don't you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? She said, yes. And then I said, well, that means you'll be going to heaven. And she looked at me and she said, uh, exactly what CFW Walther said in Law and Gospel, that people cannot accept the message of the gospel because they think they have to do something. Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, well, the reason I'm not sure is I don't think I've done enough. Uh -huh. So then I followed CFW Walther again, and I said, oh, so you're saying that when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, he didn't do enough to save you. And she thought about it for a moment. <laughs> and I, I find that the devil always wants us to get into discussions on, 
secondary points in the Bible and not talk about the main thing that salvation is by grace through faith. And um, I said, yeah, my wife, uh, Louise Ann, that's her name, is picking me up. And she looked at me and she said, you won't believe this. My mother's name is Ann Louise. How about that? And so Louise and I are walking, or we're going down the hallway, and all of a sudden I sees her, see her. And I say, Ann, this is my wife, Louise. And immediately she looks at Louise and says, yes, did you know that my mother's name? And Louise says, yes, Ann Louise. He already told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so did some fine witnessing there. Well, I got that from... Um, Mark, the disciple, or uh, the Pharisees asked Jesus, uh, can we divorce a woman? And this was tempting Jesus to start talking about these items rather than the purpose for which he was given. There's plenty of information in the Old and New Testament about that question, but he was showing them that they had taken a portion of Deuteronomy where if a husband isn't pleased with his wife, he can divorce her. And she inter they interpreted it to mean that she makes toast and burns it. Therefore, they're not happy with her because of that or because she's no longer good-looking, etc. And Jesus makes the point that's not the way it was in the day of Moses. And he goes right to the fact that they don't really believe him to be the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior, and they don't think they need the forgiveness of sins. So yeah, that's yep. the purpose of discussing with people to get to the very point. Yeah, you always want to keep the, the main thing the main thing, namely the gospel. That's good, yes. All right, stanza five, please. Okay. That they with us may evermore... Such grace with wandering thing, thanks adore, and endless praise to you be given by all your church in earth and heaven. That's a continuation of verse uh, 4. Right. He says, shine on the darkened and the cold, recall the wanderings to your fold, unite all those who walk apart, confirm the weak and doubting heart, in order that they with us may evermore such grace with wandering thanks adore. An endless praise to you be given by all your church in earth and heaven. That recognizes, you know, call us all together, Lord Jesus. Bring bring the wandering, bring the cold, and bring them all to the fold that we may rejoice with you eternally, the church in earth and the church in heaven. Yes. Now, the, the poem upon which Johann had done this read this way, O Lord Jesus Christ, true light of this world, enlighten the darkness of all people, all Jews and heathens who do not know you, and also of Christians who go from your church into all kinds of sects and errors as erring sheep scatter and are given to ravenous wolves, or who otherwise secretly err in one or more articles of our Christian faith and have not realized it. Now, of course, he was talking about Lutherans, but the hymn really works well with Jonah because going to Nineveh, and it works very well with the people 
today in our society who have really fallen away from the church because they don't agree with the Bible. Yeah, you mentioned Jonah, and that is one of the lessons this Sunday. I'll tell you, Jonah is one of my one of my more favorite prophets. Partly because he's just he's so human, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, he's yeah. he's so uh, he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and so he goes in the opposite direction. He goes towards Spain on the open sea, uh, toward Tarshish, and uh, and then when he finally when he finally gets to uh, Nineveh. You know, he's he's spewed out by that great fish, and he, okay, he finally goes to Nineveh, and even then, he's uh, he's kind of half-hearted in uh, proclaiming the gospel. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be destroyed. It doesn't sound like he has a lot of enthusiasm or love for the, the lost Ninevites, but the Lord straightens him out, and he gives... He gives salvation to the people of Nineveh that believe. Now, Jonah still isn't straightened out because, remember, he's up on the hill and he's not happy with what God has done. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll be taking a look at CFW Walther, Law and Gospel. We only have about three more broadcasts of CFW Walther and we will have completed... So I'm Tom Baker, and you've been listening also to Mark Smith. Uh, Hopefully you may be singing this hymn, God Bless You. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.